science by definition allows for more than one opinion, otherwise you merely have the will of one man, which is the basis of cult. If it's not in the frame, it doesn't exist. I'm as bad as hell, but I'm not gonna take this anymore! I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I illusion. Where you been? Drunk. Wendy? <laughs> Darling? Light of my life. Oh! What is your one purpose in life? To explode, of course. I like death with sex. How about you, Casey? You like sex with death? Yeah, so fuck off and die. Is that enough? I don't know. What yeah, it's fine. I, I know I've been saying like giddy up and all these old Western stuff, especially since I'm so sunk in it. I've been saying all these like phrases from the dark tower and shit like that, you know, like, uh, you know, thank you, Sai, and mayhap and all this dumb shit. But I've been saying <laughs> giddy up constantly to my daughter. And so now she's like, giddy up, like giddy, giddy, up, giddy like, up, like her, like get the fuck out of my way. Giddy up. Uh, giddy up. But she's also at that point where now she's calling unprompted everyone assholes. Oh, hell uh, yeah. Like unprompted. Like we were just nice. hanging out the other day and she's like, that guy's an asshole. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, he, he, he probably is. He is, but like, <laughs> yeah. I don't need you to go to school and call everyone an asshole. But but then it's just like, she's calling everyone. We're driving and she's like, you asshole. And I'm like, that, well, yeah, that guy was an asshole, obviously. But. <laughs> yeah, she knows where it, she knows where it lands. Yeah. Don't worry. No, she's got she, it down. She's too observant. So, you know, parent of the year over here. Um Anyway, she's acting, she's acting like a real Megan Wheeler. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> that, that's the that's the girl from this this movie. Good dude, good segue. <laughs> that's, the, that's the younger girl. That's a good segue. Let's that's hope the, not. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> yeah, she she loves an old an old preacher man, an old preacher ghost. Teach me about fucking. So are you telling me? Are you telling me that your daughter is not in love with an old ghost? Uh yeah, she might be. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, she does talk about ghosts all the time. Oh well, yeah, they're probably assholes. <laughs> yeah, likely. Uh, and this is the Cult of Cinema Knowledge podcast. Uh, that asshole over there, Jordan, and this one right <laughs> yeah. here, Levi. Um, you may be wondering, what's going on? What are we talking about? <laughs> I, I actually am really wondering what's going on. We're. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's early onset or if I'm just really tired or what's going on. We oh, are. What are we doing here? The depths of Western Month. It is. Yeah. Thanksgiving in a couple days. I started tanning my own hide. I'm, you know. Oh, yeah. That's I'm not s- a euphemism. I really <laughs> yeah. got cow leather just soaking in a bath. I know. It's like I just have too many tassels now. I don't know what it is. I just take it on all the me. fucking tassels. I actually, dude, I actually, okay. Next stream, I promise next stream, I'll come. I have, my mom bought me cowboy boots. Shut up. Unpr- unprompted. Not even. Oh even yeah, no! You sent like, me the picture. You look like yeah. fucking Skeeter from Doug. I, dude, I know. <laughs> they're so bad, and they're like they're like the weirdest cowboy boots ever. I'll have to next stream. Everybody, come join us for the last movie, <laughs> and we'll because uh, we have one more western after this. Right? One, one more, and I yeah. guess it has one. I'm excited to watch it. It's uh, First Cow, Kelly Reinhardt's. Oh hell yeah! Okay, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm about surprised. That. I'm like really shocked at one, but I'm glad because I've been wanting to see it. So. Anyway, well, and they did Meek's cutoff, right? Yeah, exactly. And so yeah, okay. So that's what's. That, I'm like, hell yeah. Okay, I'm 100 percent there for uh, it. So anyway, this today, uh, let's. We're not talking about Kelly Reinhardt and First Cow. We're talking about the man, the man with no name, Clint really Eastwood's know. Pell Rider, directed by and starring Clint Eastwood. Uh, it, and it was uh, the, everybody. <laughs> I mean, well, that. So okay, let me just start this off. There's always been and will always forever because 
they kind of came around. I mean, well, not really, actually, because technically Clint Eastwood got his start in Rawhide in the 50s, where, uh, what's his other boy? Who's the guy we hate? John Wayne. Yeah. He, <laughs> he was kind of already established, clearly. I'm, I don't know exactly when he started. 30s, when he so yeah. I mean, state, he's think, in, he's in, it, yeah, was it he's in Stagecoach, which oh, is 30s. It's Stagecoach. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. Damn, that's crazy. But anyways, so he's like, he obviously came before. He's a trailblazer, sure. Um, I went there. But he like, he like, he's just like, he's such a piece of shit. <laughs> that's like all of his movies are tainted by that for me. Uh, so I like Clint Eastwood more. I just well, think that's kind it's kind of the, kinda John Wayne's the, fault that there is a rivalry <laughs> because... Oh, right. Right. John Wayne had been around. He's like the golden age. Everything's great. The forlorn look back on the American West in such this positive light. Then, uh, you know, Eastwood was around the 50s, but when Sergio Leone and Eastwood popped off in the 60s and started showing more like yeah. this grimy, bloody Western that's like a fight for survival, uh, John Wayne, like famously, was like, that's not what the that's not what America's about. That's not what the West is about. Yeah. And so automatically there's like this... As the sun's going down on John Wayne, this new rising star that's like, as it goes with the 60s and 70s, just with film too, starts doing this more subversive, raw oh, yeah. look at the genre. And, you know, he didn't like that. And then, but then obviously <laughs> it cycles repeat themselves. And then when you get into the end of Eastwood's career, it's kind of like a, another changeover. Um, I mean, he's still going. And he's like he, in his nineties, though. So I know he's yeah. He's like one of the longest like running f- f- Hollywood people ever. Like he's been around for so long, and uh, and he's been like it's it's his activity is out of the charts, dude. He's always doing something, producing or or you know composing a score or directing or you know acting whatever he does. He's always doing something. Yeah, because uh, it's like you see a lot of ninety year olds. <laughs> And they're all like basically <laughs> yeah. skeletons that don't know where they are. Um, yeah. And I mean, dude, do you, Clint Eastwood do you was Clint literally Eastwood? in a movie like last year. He was it's, in that Cry Macho yeah. movie. Cry, yeah, Cry Macho. And it's, I mean, it's it's cringe. It's cry cringe. But it, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, uh, he's still doing it though. So good, good for him. But yeah. the funny thing is, uh, his mom. I don't know if she's still alive to this day, but. I uh, definitely loved that. And like, what was it? Like the 2010 Oscars or whatever. She was like, she was something like, yeah, she was like 98 or something or 99. Like they were like, they were like celebrating it. She, she definitely was a, a looker. And it was, you know, not to, not to disparage her good name, but it just was funny. I like, that's like, that's one thing. That's the only thing I can think about is Clint Eastwood's been around forever. And then you look at the genetic code for him and it's like his mom was, you know, ancient but still kicking it she was in like a fucking audience at like 99 or something it's like trying to trying to trying to start the fucking wave (laughs) yeah if i can get out of out of the couch at 60 oh yeah 72 if i make it i'm putting a bullet in my brain man i never want to do that Hundred. you know what a lot of bullets go into brains in this movie uh, which i'm actually surprised how many fucking headshots it's always dead center too which (laughs) i know yeah yeah, i like a i like a bullet right above the eyebrow you know what i mean like Oh, that looks good. Yeah. And I'm, I like, I mean, I like a, let's like, you know, I get a little blue, but I like a squib blowing the brains out the back of the head. You know what I mean? That's I'm, a, I'm that's a, 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 where's Tom Savini? Would you I'm need a, it, buddy? <laughs> nah, I want Tom Savini doing all the fuck. If, if he was doing the effects with this movie, I probably would. Uh, that that dude, one, it's two extra stars. Where's A? Where's AI, dude? I want AI to go back into every movie that has a headshot and just make it explode. 
explode. Make it like blow out the back like scanners. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like every little one too. It's just like he shoots him with the tiny yeah. pistol and it's just like. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, blows it out. All right, oh, <clears throat> we're getting a little off having, the tracks here. Too much. We're having too much fun over here. So, so tell tell the fine folks Clint, what we're doing. Clint here. Eastwood. What we're what directed we're this film. Hell Rider, and I now will give you a brief synopsis. Did you type even... one out? No. Oh. <laughs> uh, why, uh, why would we do that? I, I really want to, though, because it's like I feel like I, I can have coherent thoughts that way. Uh, so, Pell Rider is in, in the mountains in fucking, you know, the high plains, Wyoming or somewhere, uh, Dakotas. There's this mining town and specifically a mining camp settlement. That is panning for gold, and they are constantly being um, attempted to run out by the local bigwig. Uh, I forget his fucking name, but they're tr- these like bands of fucking bandits are trying to always run them out of their camp. The movie it's starts Co- that way. Coy LaHood. LaHood is the LaHood is like he he owns he owns like the rich industrial part. Yeah, and, and these these are all these are tin panners. Yeah, baby. they're tin panners, and LaHood and his outfit are using their money to rape the land for the gold. Uh, and he owns the town and everything, and so, uh, but they've been really shitty towards these, uh, this camp of miners, and they, like, to the point where they're getting beat up in the streets when they try to come to town to buy, get supplies. And one day, the main guy, I forget his name, fucking Jimbo or whatever, he comes to town, and he's getting his ass kicked, and then this mysterious dude shows up on a pale horse, and it turns out he's a priest, and he beats the fuck out of all these other guys, and they're like, yay, uh, you're my hero, Mr. Priest, and there's going to be faith. And so he comes back to the camp with them and everyone gets invigorated by like, oh, he's hardworking. He like helps them break rocks and shit. And, uh, you know, they're like, oh, there's going to be faith. He's and- a true, he's a true salt of the earth, man. That's what I, yeah, exactly. And, uh, <clears throat> so this main guy, Jim Bob or whatever, he, uh, is married to this woman and her daughter or not married, but like common law, he's like taking care of him. Uh, but he's just getting cucked constantly by the preacher who comes the 15 year old daughter is like always her dog got killed and was like she's like teach me how to fuck mr preacher and <laughs> really though really, he's like he's like i, I would be honored she's four, but she's 14 that's important yeah to, she's to know. she says i'm she's almost 14. 15 when when i'm yeah, like you mama when you got married at 15, my mom I got married, married at 15 to the i get married to the 40 year old preacher there's literally a line that says uh my mom got married at 15 so I can do whatever I want is what she actually I, yeah. says later. No, it no they say it like four times where it's oh, like yeah. remember ma you got married when you were 15. Uh so god they the all mom, wanted to dog the preacher. Dude. The mom fucks the preacher I think it's implied. And so but this other guy he's with just her, constantly like eyes. if you'll if you'll have me I'll marry you but anyway LaHood's like we got to get rid of these ruffigans and the guy running it is uh, his nice guy Eddie, and he's like, "You get that gun! Yeah. You stop pointing that gun at my dad." <laughs> he really does. Yeah, he gets mad. Uh, he and then do you notice how he just doesn't show up again? <laughs> I know he uh, he shows up. The girl comes to camp looking for because the, the preacher one day disappears. He's got a mysterious past, and he goes and gets his guns and everything. And Hood's like, "I'm gonna hire these fucking bad boy outlaws to come and take care of this if you guys don't get off this land." And so these old these like this marshal and his deputies show up and they're crooked. And so the preacher's like, Oh, I got to get ready for this big old shootout. It's going to happen. So he gets his guns. Meanwhile, the girl is like running after find him. Cause she's in love with him. 
and she gets almost raped by nice guy Eddie. And then, uh, you know, the fucking <laughs> like the, the, pre- the, pre- the preacher pre- shows up and saves he her. He saves the then, day. Yeah, saves the day. Then everyone. He, uh, then he goes to town and there's a shootout. He shoots nice guy Eddie in the hand and then they him and the dad later, right. they come and they blow up all the f- stuff because they're like, well, he's going to try and kill us. So we better fucking get on it. And so they blow it up as like these acts. They go to town and. The deputies shoot the one guy who finds a giant basketball size worth a nugget of gold. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, yeah, one of the one of the like other other tin panners. Tin panners comes and, in. He gets gold, and then it kind of it shows the it shows like the lawlessness <laughs> of these of this sheriff and. His, oh yeah, they, they don't care. They uh, you know they shoot the shit yeah. out of. They provoke him and shoot the they shit out of him. Blast him like forty times. <laughs> the, the the sun literally says they shot him forever. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway. They, he gets shot, and then, uh, you know, Pell Ryder shows up, and he's like, well, and he ditches the dad because he's constantly not being able to be of any use. And so he ditches him and comes to town. He's like, it's too dangerous. I don't want you to die. You raise those kids. He comes to town. He kills all the deputies, and it's implied he's, like, got bullets, holes all over his back and everything from getting shot, and it's implied that the main marshal may know who he is, and but he's dead, So, but then he's like, oh, Wait, no, it's you. And then, you know, the Pell Rider blasts him. And then just as about, as LaHood is about to shoot the fucking preacher in the back, Jimbo or whatever fucking shows up and shoots yeah. him. I don't remember Bar- his name. Yeah, it's, it's literally like Barrett Hole or Bar- something like that. It's Yeah, it is. It's, yeah, Barrett Hole. Uh, I just think, like, it's so insignificant to me. But uh, it's, uh, you know, they shoot it, and all the corruption is dead in the town now. Uh, except for a nice guy, Eddie, he's just, and all his crew is off in the woods somewhere, apparently, but their operations. I know, right, yeah, they, yeah. Their operations kind of in their blown up. running through the woods. I don't know why, they just don't show up again, it's funny. Yeah, and but anyways, Pell Rider rides off in the sunset, he's like, he's got sins to settle and dodge and all that, and uh, <laughs> the uh, the daughter's like, when will we be back? And, and then he's all like, whenever the wind drifts me, and he just <laughs> yeah. leaves, and they're like, oh, he's like, thanks. Thanks, Pell Rider. You did, and they're in the you most. Did it. They're in the most echoey. They're in the most echoey part of the United States. <laughs> like every every person who yells, they're like preacher, and it's like preacher, preacher. It's literally. Like, don't, don't, <laughs> don't even get me started. Okay, anyway, so that's the gist. But that yeah. preacher yelling, well done, is literally not. It sounds exactly like they're like we need to add the sound effects after the fact, and so they just had a guy like just me in a sound booth this close going. Preacher, like trying to make it sound like a distant yell, but it's literally just some guy grumbling quietly to make it so bad. Like, I don't know. And they just lowered it a little bit and you're like, okay, that's my, (laughs) that's honestly my biggest problem with this movie. I is, is the, is the sound design. Cause the sound design and the editing and like the score, like in general, like just kind of like the technical, like type aspects, like the cinematography was great. But like we said previously, it's hard to fuck up the cinematography of a Western. You know what I mean? Uh, we talked right. about I mean, the, it a little the bit fucking, with the searchers. The, the, like, the landscape does all the heavy lifting. That's like, you just find... They they shot this in Idaho, and it's supposed to take place in, like... It's a fictitious town. It's called, like, Culver... Culver's a real place in California, but um, it's called something... It's in the California foothills, and it's called something. God damn it, I can't remember what it's called, but... Anyways, yeah, it's a fictitious place, and... um. It's beautiful, though. I think it's shot in throughout Idaho. Like that was that the, makes sense. I feel like I've seen those rock formations at the beginning somewhere. 
right, right, right. And Clint Eastwood, Clint Eastwood's like always, it always looks the same. Oh, but dude, you know what's cool? It's the same set in Back to the Future 3. That oh, town really? is nice. the exact same town they used because this movie was made in 83 or 85. And so you're like right there. That's in like awesome. Back to the Future timeline. And so it's just like, I'm like, oh, that's dope. I love that. <laughs> that's fun. They ought to do that because it's like, that's the thing. It's, uh, I'm really like, I know this about the Western genre always. And so it's like, I'd seen this movie as a kid and, but I don't remember it. So I don't really count it. Yeah. But. This, okay. That's funny. Yeah. We, so we've both seen this as kids. It's technically not my first time, but like the only things I remember is it has Sean Penn or whatever. What's his name? Not Sean Penn. Uh, Chris Pine, Chris Penn. And, uh, it's got Chris Penn in it. And like, um, that big dude from Billy Madison. Who, yeah, and he's, like, he's Jaws in the James Bond. And, yeah, right. He's in James Bond. But he's like, yeah, he's the big guy in Billy Madison. So I thought it was hilarious that he's in this. And that, the fact when he breaks the big rock, I thought that was like a more important scene. Because I remember it as a kid thinking like, oh, I love that scene. Because he like comes in and he like breaks the unbreakable rock. And I was like, oh, that guy's cool. But then now watching it, I was like, well, that scene was pretty. I mean, it, I, I guess contextually it works because it kind of shows that the Pell Rider's tough against anybody but like it's just I don't know it's like there's this movie is weird it like the overall movie itself I enjoy and I think like I like the story ideas but like individual scenes in this are kind of like silly it almost feels like it feels really sterile even though there's some like yeah. decent there's some decent violence kind of you know but even then it's kind of sterile and I'm like the like the overt like religious overtones that are kind of in a positive light which kind of bothered me a little bit because like when uh it's what is it we watched we watched another Clint Eastwood movie that has a lot of biblical overtones and that was help me remember the one where they paint the paint to paint the town red yeah that's high he's like that's right that's why I thought was interesting a high plains drifter Right, and that's got like it's hell. It's like they're they're in hell. These, and it's, like, a lot of that was my biggest takeaway. Is this overtones. this and High Plains Drifter really feel like co- like companion movies in a way where it's like yeah, High Plains Drifter is the devil and this is the angel. You know what I mean or whatever. Right, right. The angel of death, perhaps. Yeah, sure, you know. Sure, sure. And, well, and, the, and he's like yeah, he's yeah. I mean, he's the but he's, he's literally the, the pale rider that comes. Like he's the, she prays, he shows up. Death, he's maybe undead. Right. And then, and it's and it's so like it's almost like. If I didn't know that Clint Eastwood was so religious, it would feel kind of pretentious that, like, as she prays for a miracle, he shows up. <laughs> it's kind of like, but it feels so heavy-handed. It now. is, but like when I I'm a, I romanticize it in my head. Like you in your review, you said that it blends together. As this will just kind of fall in the backdrop of Clint of earlier Clint. Well, kind of like I don't know. It's weird. Clint just has been working for so long. This, this is, is kind of this middle. is like the dead zone, honestly. Because <laughs> yeah, right. He he uh, he was having a lot of fire in the seven like sixties and seventies. Right. It's like yeah. you know he had uh, High Plains Drifter and like Outlaw Josie Wells and stuff before this. And that and was then, his last Outlaw Josie Wells was his last movie, and but, this was ten years later. Yeah. So it's like it's like he went on a pretty big dry spell. Yeah. And this and movie, yeah, it def- this movie definitely feels like more of just kind of like a love letter to westerns, but because of right. that, it's kind of. Right plain and kind of phoned in and it's very predictable and paint by numbers of what like oh there's he's uh, like there's he's a, there's a, there was no stakes yes yeah. there's no like true stakes well, to it's it. like a rough the and dad, tumble yeah. regular good folksy people against the fucking rich guys the bandits yeah. trying to drive them off their plot of land like it's just so uh just i've just i don't know it's just so paint by numbers it feels safe yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, yeah that uh and apparently apparently this is this is um 
So this was like this was made on spec script. I was I was listening to some interviews before, and uh, it was made on spec with two people, like two two of Clint Eastwood's friends who wrote it, and they they wrote it's just Shane. They like they were like, oh, we want to like make a like soft, you know, remake of Shane, and so that's so I'm like, oh, cool. I we were gonna we almost we're gonna watch Shane, yeah. this month, and so now I kind of like, oh, cool. I want to go back and watch it because Shane is one that I've heard this. Is good and yeah, it seems interesting for that fifties. Yeah, I've, age, I've, I've always wanted to see Shane so. as well, but uh, so it's like I wonder how it holds up in comparison to this, and so that would be a nice, that would be a nice like double feature. Yeah, I think I would have liked this movie a lot more if because uh, it's like it does everything pretty fine, but there are a few things it does badly, and so that like overall takes it down for me because it's like it doesn't have any hardcore strengths, like it. I think it's good because it looks old school still with the 80s, the film stock, but they're using, unlike, uh, you know, because last week we watched Old Henry, which use light, uses, like, natural light really well. This is, like, in between where you, it's using film, but it is using a lot of natural light, uh, which makes it sometimes dark and muddy, but I appreciate their commitment to it because it doesn't feel like sets. Uh, you know, like, the, the, the it's like, imagine how it would in the middle of the day if it's a cloudy day it's always dim inside because it's not like they have l- or lights on. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's, that's, yeah, I appreciated that. Yeah. Uh, so it was naturalistic and the scenery was nice and the story was fine and the acting was all decent. And, and, and where, where you say it's kind of, it's weird. It's like the editing, I feel like to me, wasn't poor as much as predictable. I think that is the, I think that's the movie. The, like this movie will be remembered in my head as like, a fun it's a great it's fine i, I like i i gave it three stars because i feel like i got a little clint eastwood bias but i'm also like it wasn't bad it's really serviceable and i do enjoy even though it's kind of long-winded i do enjoy like the the editing suspense when it's like it shows like the 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 opening scene it's got the writers coming in and then it like cuts to like Oh, the beautiful, quaint music, like little fucking Little House on the Prairie style. And like the kids are running around with butterflies and they're, oh, we're just panners. And then it shows the riders, the gallopers, and they're coming in again. And then it cuts and it's like real quiet and soft with them, like them just kind of idle chatter and like, oh, it's the morning time. And then boom, they come in. It's like, it's like crazy, you know, attack. Yeah. Editing works, but it almost kind of like, it's almost like, it's, uh, it's just so predictable. It's like, oh, the, the second I saw them riding in, and then when they cut to the they cut to like the quaint, I went, oh, okay, we're gonna do this. And then it was kind of long. I was like, oh, this is kind of they've done like eight takes in between. They've got like cut back like eight times. I'm like, and they're okay, in we, the we camp shooting up, just whipping we and yeehawing for like <laughs> yeah. five straight minutes. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, there's gonna be context later. I, I'm pretty sure, but right. like, if it's not, like this is really that, weird. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, see, it's like I agree. It's not the editing so much. That is bad. I feel like the editor did the best they could, but I feel like a lot of times they were given very plain, very static shots and we're like, okay, this is supposed to cut together in this way. And it wasn't really like planned. So it's like the back and forth, uh, of that. Like you're saying, it's so predictable and quaint. Expect my biggest problem with that is the score. They do it a couple times. Yeah, the score. Yeah, the score yeah. in this is. It's so fine. Amazing. It's not trying. It so it feels like a TV movie. Yeah, it's not trying to be subtle, and it's not. So, mm-hmm. but like my biggest example, of the editing, and it's it does this quite a bit, is the rock scene that you mentioned previously. Uh, it feels like they set that scene up, 
they did it from all the different shots with the static camera. And then they just were like, okay, well, we did it from 10 different angles with the static camera. Uh, and sometimes it just doesn't look good. They didn't, I feel like they didn't have a good, like, stunt person or anything. But, like, then the editor's like, well, fuck, I got to edit together all these static shots to make it feel exciting. And what ends up happening is, like, insert close-up, white shot, boom, oh, you know, reaction shot. Like, it's just so... Like, it's, it's kind of bad, but it's not the editing that's bad. It's the fact that they had no choice but to edit it that way. You know what I mean? That is bad. It's like, they did this, I don't know, like, it wasn't planned out. They're like, and then he does this, and then they just shot it. So I guess it's Clint Eastwood's fault, or the DP, or whatever. I No, I really do feel like Clint Eastwood is, he's such an old-school director, and he's, like, not that adventurous, but he's just... He gets his shit done, and he's tight, and he's really, really good to work with. Like, it, like his his behind the scenes, like his Hollywood presence makes him makes kind of made him the director he is now. Like, it literally is. Like, everyone always says, like he comes in under budget and on time. Like, so it's just kind of like, so of course they're gonna keep giving him movies, and his movies make. This was the highest grossing western of the '80s, so it's kind of like. There, you know, there you go. Like, and there yeah. were a lot of westerns in the eighties. You know, it's like that. You know, every we always get like ten, fifteen westerns a, every decade. Yeah, there's like always one a year. There's always guaranteed. some. Yeah. And so, yeah. So it's just like, and pretty decent, uh, high budget westerns too, or you know, whatever. Like more Hollywood backed, not just yeah. always the indies that we get, kind of more so now. But uh, yeah, just kind of wild. This is like the highest grossing. I think the I think the funniest thing about this though is Clint Eastwood was like so he was so like excited about it and he submitted it to Cannes film festival and everyone just like raked him over the coals it's so funny i was watching an interview with him really? at and everyone was laughing like they're just like you're a like oh my god what they call him they called him um oh what was it man i can't i can't remember but it was it was in the lieu of like of just like a hollywood sellout like a, just a like you know you're making this like blockbuster movie you know they're like why did you think it would play at Cannes? <laughs> why did you try to submit <laughs> you get it here you know and it's like it's just like his name alone got him in there is like recognition and he's just like he's like in his interviews he's like i'm just making a fun western man i like him <laughs> he's like i like being in him that's fair <laughs> you know? it's like that, i'm like fuck yeah dude you that's, do you that's keep the it in thing. Him forever yeah that's the thing that's totally fair because this is a yeah. fun western like it's it's you know cozy if you will it's safe uh, and it's like I don't right. need I don't need every I, western to be this like raw like I like my westerns raw but the, it's like I don't need it to be this like nuanced complex storytelling like this is okay this is safe I just like I, I thought that like I thought the editing was often at best extremely fucking it's serviceable. basic yeah serviceable like, yeah at worst amateur as fuck. Uh, it's, I feel like some scenes is like, literally they have a reaction shot from nice guy, Eddie. And he's like, Oh, like, and it's like 10 seconds after the action because they're just putting all the shots back to back of him yeah. getting hit in the nards with the fucking sledgehammer or whatever. And <laughs> it's just, it's the action is bad. It's fuck, yeah. And it's because of the way it's edited, but it's edited that way out of necessity, which is a fault of, yeah. I mean, probably, I think that, I think. The only things I remember of Quinn Eastwood movies is like, is his his gristle and his and his squint 
and then his like fun trick shots when he's like shooting the gun and like you know they, they I love how even the even like the sheriff gets to like shoot the rock out of his hand and shoot the bottle and like I don't know that's that, that's the fun part of the western that is fun to see him you that's know, a, do that's, the trick shots that's the thing it's like if I was but. just hammered at a cabin <laughs> and I'm like I just want to put on a bunch of westerns just to have just to play yeah. that I can just casually just get immersed in the fucking vibe I'd put this one on for sure. You oh, 100 I mean? percent. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's got the. Best. I do, but I, it is funny though because it's like he did he did outlaw Jesse Wells was like his last one, you know, before, and uh, it's got kind of a sim- like a really similar opening too to this. Like, I guess that's I mean that's kind of his thing. I guess he does like a lot of intense, you know, intense violence for his openers, but outlaw Jesse Wells is like brutal. Have you seen that? Uh, yeah, but not yeah. in a long fucking time, so I don't really count it. Like since I was like ten, so no, not really. Right. The the only thing I remember about it is they get they get raided by raiders at the beginning and his family gets like brutally attacked and there's like full frontal nudity in this PG movie. <laughs> like, I remember they just that. Did it. They just did it different in the seventies, dude. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like. Uh, but I don't know. This is like uh, I don't know. It's not even because like, that's the thing. If it was just safe, that'd be fine. But it's just like the editing thing, the sound design thing, the score, which is. Like you said, it's like bad TV movie, but I, I've talked about scores a lot on this podcast before, and yeah, I want a score to be like memorable and enhance a scene, but I'm okay if a score, if I don't notice it and it just kind of is there it, to it serve it. Blunt, yeah, can like blend this, in the background, but there's nothing I hate more than when a score is trying to do the heavy lifting that the writing and the acting can't do, and so they're like, feel this way. Feel this way, and the yeah. score is just like feel sad now. Feel how this has the happy but I think scene now, exactly. And I think I think that's that old Hollywood for is, sure. Like you say, such old Hollywood. Like the fact that like all of them have theme songs. Like the bat when the bad guys come in, it's like they've got their like, ur, 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 ur. and then like when Clint Eastwood comes you in, should it's redub like, the score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all like just like you can tell I've got a good melody, but. It like you know he comes in and it's like super like beautiful lighthearted like scampy music when he's like trotting up there, but his that that Appaloosa was a beautiful horse man. I wanna I wanna kiss his horse, dude. Me too. Uh, yeah, I don't but, know because it's like the like we talk about the girl and her love interest and right no and I'm, no it's I'm glad though like Clint Eastwood is kind of like he's like hey the like love interest between a young child and and the and the lead actor. It's getting a little creepy, so I'm gonna just gotta distance myself from that trope and be like, "You're gonna make someone happy one day. You're you're a beautiful young woman. You'll make somebody happy. You can't you can't fuck a ghost because I'm because I'm a ghost man. <laughs> but but like you know, he's like he's like, believe me, I want to. I'm just gonna put <laughs> this trope behind me. <laughs> like so like I appreciate that, I guess. But it's also yeah. yeah. It's it funny was... how they have they they have their scene, and the whole time I was just like. This is so weird that they put it in. Like, it's so... This movie just feels really heavy-handed. Yeah, because it's it like, like... That's know, yeah. that's becomes her entire identity. And right, that's yeah, that's what's unfortunate. So yeah. Just two-dimensional in this, yeah. That's, what's, that's, that's like, what I'm saying. It's, so, it's safe, and it's like... I don't know. Like, there's no really good characterization. It's like, the main, the main guy, it's like... Uh, you know, he's the inspiring, scruffy, like, he's trying to do right and everything, and... You know, he does a good job with it. Everyone does a fine job with what they're given. But what they're given I, is I like, just really phoned I like the, in. 
I like the writing on some of the some of the scenes. Oh, the, some do, of the dialogue I, is pretty I, solid I, as fuck. It's really good. Like when he, I like when he confronts the when he confronts the woman, uh, that's like the one of the Wheeler, you know, Sarah Wheeler, the the woman he wants to like marry. I, I, their their whole their whole situation's weird because it's kind of that like old trope of like make an honest woman out of you, I guess. But because like an old because like her husband just ran out on her when yeah. Megan was like young, and so he wants to like you know, do right by her and like marry her. And like, he, he's taking care of her, but she's like, her heart has been so like her, their conversation when he's like, when he's like, I've been polite, but now I want to like, you know, I frankly just need to know, well, like, should I stop chasing you? Essentially? Should I, you know, should I, should I like, yeah. When, when do I get to wear the pants in this relationship? Oh yeah. They're, they're <laughs> so. constantly shitting on him and not listening to him. <laughs> like at all. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I do. Yeah. And I like, there's a good, there's a good part where they're like, Oh, what, what do they say? Like, you know, there's like, they've been bolstered, you know, by his by his presence, and it's like yeah, they got good family dynamics, and like, and like his speech, and on the campfire about right, like campfire, choosing not yeah. to sell, and it's like no, I put roots here, like that's a really good speech, and like uh, right. that was the moment I was like really rooting for him. I'm kind of sad that he didn't get more of a moment, like he showed up last minute after fucking Pell old preacher writer was like st- st- he goes oops and drops his dynamite you know and then like runs his horse off <laughs> I know. he yeah. literally he literally goes well that was oopsie. cute like that yeah. was cute no that was cute dude i love that scene are you kidding I me and too. then i, I like how too. i like how i like how barrett gets off the horse like you fucking silly you ninny and he the dynamite, the dynamite and just like chucks it just yeah chucks it up. like no he's so nonchalant then he turns around and he goes Boo-boo, my horse like <laughs> cute it is yeah it's like adorable like (laughs) no it's fine i just wish like after all that build up like he would have had his redemption moment which he kind of gets i mean he does he gets it in a serviceable way that's this movie's just like so sterile like it's so it's all and i fine yeah and and it's like it's a movie that like i could really i could watch this with my grandma like she loves clint eastwood yeah and this is Definitely one like Outlaw Josie Wells. Maybe not. It's a little more violent, a little more grimy. But like, yeah, well, it's like and like Unforgiven. Well, he what? turns it around with Unforgiven. Unforgiven. Unforgiven has a solid ass movie. That, it's like way better because it's uh, a it's just got better character development, better pa- right. better pacing. You know what I mean? It's like and he and he's in that he's in he's firmly set in old guy grizzle cool like he is the he is an old henry style where like now he is this mythos of the west and he gets to like go back for one last the, yeah this is the weird run. this is the weird transitional like angst yeah, years of old. like am i sexy yeah. still or am i an old man still <laughs> no, yeah. this 15 I mean, year old I girl mean, thinks i'm sexy like, yeah right if i write it to make her think i'm sexy <laughs> and i act it because i mean dude in in groucho Marxo. He's he plays a pretty sexy dude in that, that movie, the new cry cry macho. Yeah. So I I've only seen I've only seen about an hour of cry macho on TikToks. So I can't really, I don't really know. That's the uh, preferred way here. That, yeah, dude. Cult that's how I watch Cowl- That's how I, that's how I watch Killer of the Flower Moon. It's just on TikTok. TikToks, yeah. Sixty second TikToks. Oh God. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but I don't know, man. Like. It's a, I just don't have that it, much to say yeah. about this movie because it's like everything it right. does. I think, I think I just I'm just so I think it's so endearing. I, I think that's why I like have such. A, this is that's where I, this is where like I get now. I take it all back. John Wayne's amazing. So everyone who loves John Wayne, I totally understand why. Because like this is this is me like just kind of liking it because I just like Clint Eastwood. <laughs> like it doesn't even the movie. The movie's fine. It's very forgettable. But like 
there's little dorky things that happen throughout it. And Clint Eastwood is just kind of endearing. And like, it really is. I mean, this movie is straight up just like, it's not a high budget film. And it's him just making a movie with his friends in like doing a Western. And it's like, he's just kind of like, this is, this is what I wanted to do. And that's great. That's fine. It shows, you know what I mean? Respect. Yeah. This is like, like I mentioned earlier, like as the sun was going down on John Wayne, Clint Eastwood was there to like go forward. But the difference is Clint Eastwood is also a pretty good director that directs he's not just an actor because i think i think we could all agree he's a okay actor but he's a pretty solid fucking director you know what i mean overall uh you know his acting is like you said it's fun it's cute it's fine um but but he kind of does he doesn't i mean he acts but he kind of he just plays the same character so he's like perfected it he's honed that he's got it down i mean he's a little quirkier in his earlier roles you know his man with no right right, right. i mean and and but him as dirty harry though is kind of funny too because he plays the same character but with more lines yeah so it's just kind of like they're they're like clint stop saying fucking howdy and giddy up so much this is (laughs) yeah yeah, this is modern day oh yeah yeah (laughs) come on buster but Uh, i want to see i want to see that uh what is it bronco bill or something really bronco it's another one he directed in between this that's technically like it's his like soft western but it's like uh oh yeah it um isn't a western because it's like about the western in Hollywood and how it's like played up Yeah, that's right. I never see that one. The hell is it called? I just had it here. Yeah, Bronco Billy. Yeah. I want to see that one really bad. Yeah, Clint Eastwood's like one where I'm like I'd get through his, I get through his, like, I don't know. They progressively get more religious, though, after, like, Unforgiven. <laughs> they really do. So. It's like, uh, I don't know, what was, like, the last good movie he made? It was fucking Million Dollar Baby or something? I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, Million Dollar Baby was probably his, like, strongest. Because it's like, yeah, no, literally after Million Dollar Baby, it's all, we're in. We're in real. We're in Grandpa Facebook mode right now because he did. He did Grand Torino, Trouble with the Curve, American Sniper, The Mule, and Cry Macho. <laughs> so they're all very like. Oh, yeah, we can't talk that. shit about American Sniper though. Grandpa Corner. Why not? Oh, because then we're fucking communist limpers, sucking lefty <laughs> bastards. Uh, but American yeah. Sniper sucks, <laughs> have, dude. Have you seen the Have you seen the uh, Honest trailer for American Sniper, dude? Go do yourself the favor, everybody out there in podcast. Oh, land, he directed stop Sully. This. It was Sully was stop all right. This. Oh yeah, Sully's fun. Tom but, Hanks uh, carried that, but though you know, but still. Well, of course, yeah. And then Space Cowboys, I actually really liked. Letters from Iwo Jima is pretty good, actually. Old guys. Yeah. Oh duh, I totally forgot about those. Were his big? Those were his big ones, right? Yeah, that's. That's right. Those are the last ones that were like, You're right. you know, no, he's, 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 an American, a, he's an American treasure. He is. He's a solid director. That's the whole thing. That's the, that's the moral of the story. And so this movie, I think him so. just yeah. getting the money to make like a good solid Western is fine. But because of that, you, I feel like, yeah, that shows cause there really doesn't feel like there's that much of an effort. And that shows in the shortcomings, like, well, this was the first draft of the script uh, we got all this weird sex stuff, which you know, fourteen-year-olds did fucking like. I mean, that's a whole back in the eighteen hundreds. Sure, you know what I mean. Like, that's not even my issue with it. But it's just no, the no, way no, no. And- the way that as a film, it's trying to like, it's got like the romantic music playing over it, and it's like meant to be played yeah. like really straight. I don't know, but it's because they're just kind of going through the motions. They're just having fun making a western. 
that it does feel so casual in its effort that the scenes, like the all the choreographed action scenes, feel like a fucking limp dick. You know what I mean? And that's why I'm like, I oh, I totally agree. That's what I'm saying. St- Sterile's the word. That's the only word I can keep thinking of. Is because of the like the gunshots in this. I mean, I guess there's squibs for the for the end scene when the bat when the main sheriff gets killed. But it's like, yeah, it just kind of sucks. Like nobody has like there's no stakes. No one has like a menacing presence. Like the the sheriff. Well, he they shows kill. Up, he shows yeah. up late, late, late in the third game. Act. Yeah, like he's yeah he's li- like literally like on scene for like five minutes. Like, well, he's the li- like. So I I mentioned before we started recording, we spent a a length of time talking about Deadwood, which I'm currently watching. My God, Uh, I'm through the first two seasons, but I think I I think I would have liked this movie more if I wouldn't have been watching Deadwood actively. (laughs) Deadwood is maximum effort. Yeah, but it's like it's this mining town, a bunch of gold mine panners. Like there's a prospecting camp. You know what I mean? But it's constantly bustling every time they go to this town <laughs> yeah no one's there it's just this fucking dead ghost town in pell rider and then i'm like no this place is if it's like a place for gold like even this village like i don't know like everything's just so dead and so sterile like but that's a right. problem I mean, with no, a lot of westerns like hire some fucking just hire some extras just hire some fucking show, extras. like it doesn't show like a nightlife that would exist if i understand that they're showing like the the, the tin panners they're they're destitute. They've they've barely they haven't found a nugget in weeks. But like the like group of workers that are like you know like water main blasting the fucking side of the mountain. They're they're I guarantee you they're like at the saloon every night. Yeah, at a, getting hammered yeah, every night. Like, would there at least be a person there at night? Like I mean I guess it's like it never really showed an infrastructure. But the fact that like this is the fact that like the Miguel or whatever the the main guy the main bad guy the the dad that owns the mine. Um, he like says like, "Hey preacher, what?" He's like, "I can buy, I can buy everyone out for a thousand bucks. I can build the preacher a new." He's like, he's trying to bribe him with like all the things. He, he says can build this, in this town, town is thriving. He's like, uh, yeah, "I brought, right, right. I built I mean, this town." Does, and like, he does and, mention that like in a few years it'll be tapped, but right now it's not. And it's like you know the fact that like they don't show. And he's like, "I understand the movie isn't about the nightlife, but it's like it would have done it a service to show a scene where they're in town and it's not." Two, it's not just two shopkeepers and that and Nicole or whatever. The, the, then the the main bad guy that well, have like a building there. That yeah. comes to the stakes, you know. It's like it'd be more yeah. s- more stakes for the town because it's like you know if they picked up and left, they could go to the town, but no one lives there. So I don't know. It's just like a it feels like a fucking fake town. Like you know what I mean? It does. Right. right, uh, right. But that's a problem with a lot of westerns. I mean, last year we watched uh, In the Valley of Violence, and that was an issue where it's like it tries to be about the town and people talk about the town and it's this whole like for the good of the town, but there is no town and it's like spend five minutes, get some extras, anything to make it feel like it would go a long ways. Literally a scene in the fucking saloon with the town folks having like this camaraderie before the bad guys show up. And that's the other thing. When you say stakes, like they kill the one guy spider or whatever the fuck that finds the giant basketball sized thing of gold. Yeah. Uh, they kill him near the end, but it's just like, and having watching Deadwood out in the frontier, lives are cheap, man. Like they, this guy would yeah. be fucking murdering people like on the right. down low, but especially when he's got the, he wouldn't, they wouldn't need to call this fucking marshal up. It's like, I'm watching yeah. Deadwood. They would just like 
They'd catch one guy slipping, they slit his throat, and they throw him to the hogs. You know what I mean? Like, that's the whole thing. I know, dude. You've been watching way too much Deadwood. Oh my god, I forgot about that. When he takes the rich, when he takes the rich dude out into the out into the woods and he pushes him off the rock. Yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. that's so good. So good. Oh my god, it's so brutal, dude. Deadwood's. Deadwood is like great. Everybody, everybody in podcast land, stop the podcast right now and go watch Deadwood and watch come Deadwood. back. I know. I was talking. I was doing plasma the other day, and I was talking about. I just the guy was like, "Yeah, hey, so what are you doing?" You know, until later. And I was like, "Oh, I'm really into Deadwood right now." And he's like, "Oh, I've never heard of it." And I was trying to explain it to him, and I'm like, "Yeah, I guess it's like a 20 year old Western TV show." <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, but, but like, it's so but, good. So wait, come back. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> so, come, yeah. It's like imagine, imagine you know, like one of the strongest Shakespeare plays, and then a Little House on the Prairie episode. It's just, just with, put those two together, <laughs> and then inject it with a ton of fucks and cocksuckers. You know what I mean? I know, yeah, exactly, yeah. Do you want to just spend the rest of the time talking about Deadwood? Fuck no, right? <laughs> I, mean, I know, I know. We could. Well, I mean, we're we're approaching uh, right. we're yep. approaching our sunset on Twitter. All right, all right. Do you yeah. have any? I can give you a little money minute while you look up some red alerts. Let's let's do uh, let's do that. I found that the money minute was interesting because it is the highest grossing western of, except for it's like I think Wild Bunch is like right on the cusp of it. They're very similar. Um but uh, this movie was seven million to make, which really they—I feel like they stretched the budget. Honestly, I mean, even though I know it's it's minimal, they did build the town, and it's you know uh, for how for how like for how you know low stakes it feels. There are it is like it does feel authentic. I the was per, never like the, yeah the production I, you know, design. The production uh, design is beautiful. I kind of I, I, I kind of skimmed like, over it, but that is one of the strengths. Like the is, cinematography right, yeah, and the that, production design and, is really and good. And the homes, the homes looked real, like f- like full of shit hanging, and the wood looks real. I mean, it's it's good. Like they, that's the thing. It's like like we're saying, like westerns. No, you can make a good looking western, especially Clint fucking Eastwood, who's been. He's been doing this for like 30 years before this movie. So then, you know, and he's done it 30 years after. But anyways, um, I think they stretched that budget pretty good. Seven million is crazy. Yeah. And then it made $42 million back. Wow. Yeah. So that ain't bad. That's like, yeah, that's solid. And that's pretty crazy for like, that just goes to show. I mean, watching Money Minutes throughout this whole time, it's like, we like, we like Westerns, man. It's like 310 to Yuma did really good. And that was, I mean, that's like, that was like 15 years old now at this time. But it uh, you know what's the what's the one of the most recent ones next? Oh, I guess like all the fucking Quentin Tarantino movies, those fucking oh, yeah. those have rocked, and Shit. he like those are great westerns. You know, it's like the what? Yeah, it's like kind of one of those things. I feel like has, I guess Scorsese did a western with um, uh, New York, uh, gangs in New York. That's like the closest. That's the closest thing I think we'll ever get from Scorsese. Sure, but yeah. I just like I think. I think most directors want to do a Western. It's like <laughs> one of those. It is one of those things. But and I think everyone should, because it's, it's like genre Western lives, uh, especially for like Americans, I guess. Uh, it, there is a something like we do love our Westerns. It is our, so I forget who said it. There was a, a famous filmmaker. I don't remember who it was that said that like the, the Western film is the best thing ever to come out of America. Like the best product to go. Cause it's like the genre came from here and everything. Um, right yeah that's true that's true we like really we perfected it even though the motif ex- has existed over time and it other has continents. well and it's like the story but, was uh told maybe not western films but they owe a lot to you know japanese cinema obviously but right 100 percent. and that's what's funny is like we stole the cinema 
but I feel like the Western is a larger m- mythos that existed well, where it's like, you know, the shonen and the There's a lot the samurai, of like yeah. it's it's deep it's a deep culture but like, I don't know, like not we as said, long. I feel like we ours ours lasted hundreds of years almost, you know. So yeah, it's true. Right. <laughs> like uh like we said in in searchers a little bit, it's like the western is like just kind of more like an interesting introspective on like our history and everything, but it's also a setting that you can tell so many different kinds of stories, and that's why you and, have and contemporary stories too. Oh it's yeah, like... you can tell any kind of story. So I'm inter- I'm I'm pretty glad uh, the next movie we're watching is First Cow because we have a pretty good range of types of westerns this month. Yeah, it's like we started yeah. with the Golden Age, fifties fucking searchers. Like you can't get more like classic western than that practically. Uh, you know, and then we have like a more modern, low budget, gritty I mean, western with and, old Henry. And really contemporary. Twenty. It was well, I guess twenty twenty one, right? Yeah, yeah. First cow is twenty nineteen, but it's like I haven't seen it yet. But if I've anything, I've like I'd be surprised if there's like a gun in it. You know what I mean? It's I know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. One hundred percent. That's the yeah, thing. It's like yeah. a western, but they're not like actiony western. So it's be interesting to no. see. It, it's gonna be like the there will be blood. Is, well, probably not even like that. It won't even be that intense, but it'll be like that adjacent to a Western where it's like, it's just going to take place in the like early, early 1800s. Or I mean, or, or, uh, early, early 19 or like really, really, really late 1800s. I'm, I'm not 100% yeah, we'll sure. Yeah, we'll see. It's probably, it's probably like, but it might even be like 20s. Now that I think of it, I can't, I don't really remember exactly the Have you seen the it? setting, but it, no, no, I haven't seen it, but I saw the trailer and I was, yeah. I, it's because I know they did, they did that, uh, what is it, Molly and Lucy or something? And then oh yeah, yeah, and... Lucy. What is it with the dog? Grace and Lucy or something? What the fuck is that one? Because I, I saw that movie in Sundance and I was like, oh, this movie's like so good. I love this director. And then Meeks Crossing is Meeks Crossing is great. Is amazing. I Meeks Crossing is like one of my favorite westerns of all time. Not for not because it's a western at all. Meeks cut I off. I don't I don't recommend. Oh, Meeks cut off. Duh. Yeah. Thanks. But I, well, they do a lot of crossing. Um, yeah. But Wendy Meeks, and Lucy. <laughs> Wendy and Lucy. Yeah. I don't know movies, but uh, dude, Meeks, you fake fucking Meeks cut man. Off, Meeks Meeks cut off is like the dry. It's beautiful, dude. It's the driest. It's the closest thing to like reading a book <laughs> in a movie. And it's just like. And I love it. I love every well, minute of it. Yeah. We, Maybe I'll have to. I didn't do Meeks Cut Off because I watched it recently on the polls, but maybe we'll do it next year or something because it's like, yeah, it's uh, it's got a little bit of a despair, but like a like quite a lot of undertone of despair, but also the hope of the American dream, which is an interesting. Right. And I feel like right, that's right. kind of the route, you know. So, uh, anyway, I got one Reddit for you. <laughs> from, Ooh. from our biggest We're fan thriving. shout out, <laughs> uh, Clones of People Two says first watch. Yeah. This was enjoyable with a good Western vibe, although I found it a bit was a bit flawed. Nobody does mysterious man with no name better than Eastwood, and as a director, I think he made a very solid film here. It feels like it's giving the audience exactly what they want with a good versus bad plot, an underdog to root for, and many fight and shootout scenes. There was some great framing, and one shot I really liked was when all the deputies reveal their guns at the same time. Yeah, it was dope. Uh, the romantic stuff was the main flaw. It felt unnecessary to the plot and seemed cringy, especially the stuff with the young girl. The scene where she talks about making love was terrible. Overall, though, it was good. <laughs> One of the better ones, but not a classic. Seven out of ten. Yeah, uh, dude, that is that's, that's a, a great assessment. way to put it. That's a fair it's assessment. It's such a great way to put it that it's it's a really good. I think it's one of the good ones, but not a classic. Yeah, it's 100%. it's memorable, yeah. but it's not like you know, it's not one that it's like oh, no. you're just getting in the westerns. Like this is. Uh, 
Like it's I'm not, gonna, it's like, not a must see, but it's a one no, dude, for the fans. The only thing I remember about this movie that I'm going to take home with me, it's the rock. When they talk about when they talk about having sex over the dog's grave, <laughs> when they're at the, when they're at the dog corpse and she says, I want to plow you. And she's all like, I'm gonna remember. I want to plow you, Mr. Ghost. Will you, sh- will you show me? Like, you show like, me how I'll to be, plow. I'll be, uh, I'll be 15 next month. Will you, will you show <laughs> yeah, me that? Well, the, I like how he's, and he's like, like, like oh, just and drop he, it. He's like, yeah, he's, he's like, oh, 15, you say? Hmm. No, no, probably. I really shouldn't. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, I'd love to. It's not you. I'm sure, I'm sure you're, have a, a very tight. Yeah. Body, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm sure you're. I'm sure you're great. It's, it's not I'm you. Sure you got a good personality. I'm. I don't know if I'm sexy or not anymore. You know, I'm not old. <laughs> yeah, and, like, right. I know. Yeah. Like, I've hit that. Well, I've, it, it's because like what he is is he's probably like what 38 there, and then he's just got the like leathered skin. <laughs> he's just done so many westerns that like he's been in that hot, hot California sun for so long. Nah, dude, he's definitely like 50 or something. <laughs> I know he's gotta be. Not, he probably dude, is like 40. He, he's probably like 40, 90? but it's all the cigarettes, yeah. Is he 90? I can't even see, dude. Dude, if he's like 92. If, he's like legitimately if his like birthday, 92. If his, if his birthday starts with an 18, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> when, was he, when the fuck was this? He's like 130. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, he was born in 1930. So that's pretty, that's, that's pretty good, man. Yeah, it's like... He's kicking it. So what does that put him? That puts him in his 50s. Oh if he's 30... And then this is 80. That's like mid 50s. <laughs> what the okay. fuck? That, anyway, all right, is, all right. But it is a cow. God, well, no, it's wild, though. It's like as old as he looks now, he doesn't look that bad. <laughs> no, it's for. Know, he, he, looks, just, he looks great for a fucking 100 year old. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, That's what I'm saying. Dude, he really. He's got. God, he, how old? What is that? I can't even. 30? It's the evil in his eyes. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, dude, he really is almost 100. Holy shit. Yeah. That's bonkers, dude. All right. Bonkers. Good, anyway. for, good for him. Wait, yeah. 93 then, right? That puts him at 93 because we're in 23. Yeah, bud. Damn. Okay. Get it. Get it. I want to see him. Show. Yeah, I want to see him do. I want to. I want him to do like one last hurrah for a Western. Oh, I know. I mean, I think Cry Macho is going to be his little, his little last Western, but it's not a Western either, dude. It's like well, one of those. Did, did he direct that one? Yeah. He did? He directed it and he starred in it. Obviously, but um, I don't know. I don't know what he'll like. Yeah, it'd be kind of fun. I don't, what would he do though? He looks like a corpse. So in some of these photos, do do not. I want him to be don't look an insane old preacher that's not the main character. You know, what I, mean? I want oh, him to you're focus right. oh, Hell on, on Wheels style. Yeah, dude. Because remember, remember, we we got into Hell on Wheels for a minute there, and that I liked Hell on Wheels. Yeah, I finished. I finished. Sure, I think I finished it. I got. Really I d- far. I did never finish it because I watched it before the final season came out, and then I. Never watched the last season. Uh, I think that's with Brigham Young and the Mormons and everything, which is unfortunate. Oh, I did. Uh, I did watch all of it. Yeah, because he uh, he goes to the other railroad. Anyway, um, yeah, right, right, right. He's like working in the mountains too, like through the mountain pass, which is dope. Anyways, yeah. Uh, well, that's it. Yeah, (laughs) I had fun. (laughs) This was yeah, this was enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, If you guys liked, if you guys liked that, I recommend you listen to some other. Some other fine hits from Golden Cinematology. Yeah, yeah, if you enjoyed that. Tune in next week. We'll Ooh. be watching First Cow as our final uh, Western movie of the month. And then I don't know what the fuck genre we're going to do next month, but there's only like 12 Christmas movies, so we're not doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's like, I don't even know how you, 
I want to. I keep pushing for holidays because it's just easy to say holiday, well, non-denominational it, holiday. Well, you know why? It's because you're going to watch a Christmas movie. May as I, well watch yeah. one for the podcast. Is my thinking. And I'm like, right. I'm definitely gonna watch like the fucking Grinch, or I'm gonna watch a Christmas movie with my wife. <laughs> we should just do the Grinch every all four. Of I would, I would all the all Grinch. Uh, Ron Howard's <laughs> How the Grinch Stole Christmas is the no, greatest Christmas is, movie. Is the greatest Christmas movie. Period. I mean, I don't even. I mean, oh, you can get at me. Come at me, Christmas. No, Christmas me, Carol or Christmas Story. Go whatever, listen to that. Ep- go listen to that episode. We. Yeah. Unashamedly <laughs> love that fucking love, movie. I love the Grinch, dude. <laughs> so good. I got Grinch. Did you know they made a Halloween Grinch cartoon back in like the eighties or like or the like huh? early nineties? How and the Grinch fun- fucked your pumpkin? Like what is that? And it's no, it's awful. And it's like no, it's like um, oh my god, it's like the Grimace. The Grimace is something like that. I can't remember. It's something like it's like a tie-in Grinch- with the fucking McDonald's How Grimace the- guy. Like- <laughs> yeah, no, it's something like yeah. God, what was it? It's like. It's like the Grinch and the and the the land of the Grimms or something like that, and it like it's just a fucking acid trip for like ten minutes in this like, you know. And the Grinch doesn't even get into town to fuck shit up. He's like just on a journey, and he's with a kid, and the kid's like, Grinch, why are you a big old meanie? And he's like, I'll tell you, I'm a big old meanie because I make I make big old mean noises and like, I don't know. It's a whole chain reaction thing, you know, Grinch. Well, all right then. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I don't, I don't even know anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're leaving now. Thanks. Go, go to we'll Patreon. leave you with that bit. Oh, God, I need to eat. <laughs> I need to eat. I know. I need some money. Uh, okay, goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Oh.